Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Expert to Authority show. My name is Simone Vincenzi. I am your host. Welcome back. If you are a returning listener, if you are a regular listener of our show, thank you for coming. And uh, welcome also if you are new to the podcast. This is the show for coaches, speakers, trainers, small businesses who want to grow their businesses while making an impact in the world. That's where we interview experts that have incredible content, incredible value to share with you to help you grow and scale your business. Uh, Now, today we are talking about hiring and in particular, how to hire the right team. And I'll tell you straight away, hiring is one of the things that can make or break your business. And I would add, talking from personal experience, that can make or break you. I remember the first time that in one year we went from four to 14 people in our business, and that was the worst year of my life because I made but 80% of the wrong hires. <laughs> the bapti- I had the baptism of fire there, but we have our incredible expert today, Susan, which is going to help us out. So let me tell you a bit more about Susan Vosch. She's an entrepreneur, speaker, salon industry expert on employment and booth rental compatibility and the founder of Enlightened Hire, a software service designed to match licensed professionals with the right salons and so they can have long-term fulfilling careers. So we are going to talk about how to hire the right team. Welcome, Susan Vosch. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for having me today. Uh, it is great to have you here. Now, we got to also prephrase this interview that we are going to talk about salons. But if you're not used to hear talks about salons in this podcast, then know that the lessons that we are going to share also, they're going to apply to any business. And before we get into what to do in terms of hire properly, Suzanne, how did you get passionate about teaching this topic? I'm curious. Uh, well, I've been in the salon industry for many, many years, 28 years, and our industry, you know, there's a lot of independent owners. And so you've got a lot of, you know, of course, you've got a lot of corporations, chains, things like that. But then you've got, you know, salon owners who generally, um, you know, open a salon because they think it sounds fun or they think it's like, oh, man, that's just going to be great. I'm going to kill it because I know what I'm doing. But many of them don't have that business training when um, they enter into salon ownership and, you know, getting visibility for a salon owner when there's hundreds of thousands of them, especially in large cities, is really, really difficult. And so, you know, I am a former salon owner myself. I owned a salon for five years and I always wanted more resources um, as a salon owner. And so I, yeah, several years ago, I just decided I'm going to help the person that I was, you know, the one that I needed the most resources and didn't have those available. So really that's where it started and find and helping, you know, the hairstylists find there's so many choices for them. And so I really wanted to help them narrow down, you know, what was going to work and what wasn't just so they didn't have to, you know, have a hundred interviews and have lots of disappointment and frustration. So yeah, just like, I kind of like being the middleman. <laughs> It's fun to help and advise, especially when you're you're in such a disconnected industry like ours. What do you mean about disconnected? I'm curious. I'm not part of that industry. So when you say disconnected, what does it mean? It's it's very disconnected as far as we're, we're a bit polarized um, and 
you know, it's largely due to people sort of align themselves with certain product companies or brands, and then they only get the resources from those types of opportunities. And so then it just sort of divides everyone and you're only working within a certain community, which a lot of times is pretty small. You know, let's say you're, you really like this type of hair color. Well, I only want to work with, well, that's really cutting yourself off from opportunity. And so it's just, it's a polarized industry as far as, you know, um, the services they offer and, you know, it's really hard to get that wide perspective because there's not that one space where people connect. At least there, there wasn't when, before I started. <laughs> before you started, exactly. But I can see, I can definitely see the same also in the coaching and speaking industry. Yes. Um, when, we, you know, there are people that, uh, you know, they, they go into groups just because of specific software. And uh, it's like, okay, we, these are the, the followers of this particular f software. And, and these are the followers, if you're thinking about maybe a qualification as well, only people with a certain qualification will hang out together. And because they think that that's the only thing that works. So I can see also the, <laughs> the comparison here. Do you have a personal horror stories of higher gone wrong? Yes. When I was a salon owner. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's a couple, honestly, but let's see. I think the one that stands out the most is I hired a lady who, you know, I think I was in the second year of business. And so we were still relatively new and I hired a lady who had come from a really awesome salon, one of the most respected in town. And she chose us and, you know, I didn't pre-qualify her because I was, just thrilled that she was into us, you know, and she wanted to work for us. And so I didn't really assess those reasons that not only she left that last salon, but why she was interested in us. You know, she had clientele. So for a salon owner, that's huge. You know, somebody walking into your business that wants to work for you that already is going to be making income. You know, that is like the big thing. So I hired her and she turned out to be a bit of a nightmare. You know, she was a prima donna. She had worked at this super fancy salon and she had everybody waiting on her and she had all these things that, you know, we didn't necessarily offer. We were definitely more of a family oriented salon. Yeah. And so it really was a bad fit. And I was just so excited to have her, which I think a lot of business owners do these days. They're like, oh, great. We got this great person. So I didn't really do the diligence, you know, to not only interview her, but dig deeper. And that turned out to be a nightmare because she upset my staff, you know, because she wasn't a good fit. She was a prima donna. Um, she, her clients were, were not really who we had. And so that was a huge mistake on my part. I learned a lot from that hire and she didn't last very long because people were not willing to kind of, um, kiss her butt, <laughs> which is what she needed, you know, to, to be happy in the place. Yeah. And we just weren't that we weren't those, people. not, not the right fit, not no. the right fit. No, I, I think that sometimes what people underestimate is how much the wrong hire is costing them. Yes. What did the wrong hire cost you in, at that time? It cost me almost two of my stylists that I'd had with me um, from the beginning almost left me because of her, because they got really tired of her. Um, they thought she was rude and they she wasn't a part of our culture. And so they, you know, definitely wanted to leave. And at least they told me a lot of times they they don't say anything to the owner. And so they they liked me enough, you know, thank goodness to say it. But it was a ripple in our culture and, and culture is really important in most businesses, you know, to have that sort of everybody's aligned with the same 
same values and thought processes and goals. And she just wasn't. And it really, I mean, I'm lucky that they said something before they left because otherwise I would have eventually let her go and I would have lost two other stylists. Yeah. What, what people a lot of time don't think is that how much actually their wrong hire cost you because you're not just only spending time training them, onboarding them, but now it can create cracks in the team, in the company culture, in the entire dynamic, and also emotionally. No, if it is your business and you know personally people and you care about the people that you work with, emotionally is, is taxing. And uh, I remember uh, we had uh, a, we hired a community manager and she was a, she worked with us for a number of years, but uh, it was the, the kind of person who would create, uh, um, you know, click within the clients. So we are a community brand. We say all about being together. And we didn't see the work that she was doing just to create division between clients. And it ended up being a very, a very difficult time, in particular when we had to make the decision about parting ways. But then we lost a lot of clients because then they decided to follow her because of the work that, that she has done. And... Uh, uh, it also emotionally was draining. I remember I, for a week, I was barely able to walk. It was so tough. And that's why I think this topic is really important because people don't understand a lot of time the emotional, not only financial, but also the emotional implications that the wrong hire gets can give you. So how do we not make these mistakes? What can we do? Uh, and we can start from uh, having examples from the salon industry and then getting principles that are broader to every other industry, but what can I do <laughs> to not make this mistake again? <laughs> Tell me, help me out, please. <laughs> I, think, I think so much of it is really just having that thorough interview process and assessing yourself first. You know, like you said, community, that's big. That's a value. You know, that is something that you have to have somebody align with. And so fleshing those things out prior to saying yes is the most important. And I often find that, um, you know, hiring managers and owners in an interview, um, sometimes they tend to take over and or are so excited and they just want to tell them all about their company, which is really great. But a lot of times they don't let the interviewee right. I mean, I've done it. I, I know like, oh, we're so great. Oh my God, look, we're so wonderful. You need to work here, but they're not taking the time to listen. And so asking those questions, you know, the long-term goals and, and finding out, you know, at least in the salon industry, when um, a salon owner who's employee-based, meaning they have just employees, um, one of the biggest problems we have is people sometimes get into those salons with the thought of being um, independent, like someday, and so fleshing through that is super important in our industry. But in, in, in any industry, I think asking, you know, the, what are your goals? How are you going to get there? What are your, you know, what are your values as far as do you value freedom? Do you value family, personal time? Because we're all motivated by something different. And then finding out if that's something that your company can offer that individual. You know, sometimes you have rigid schedules. And so, you know, flexibility and freedom really isn't going to work for somebody who values those things. And so, yeah, I just think being, you know, honestly, like a list of pros and cons for every single interviewee you do, stepping back, not making really fast decisions is a, is a great thing. You know, hiring slow, firing fast, that whole thing, that's super important. And just taking your time, listening to what they say, letting them talk, asking open-ended and creative questions in that interview is super important. 
So instead of talking and getting excited about, oh my God, you need to work with me because uh, with us, because we are awesome. Actually taking the time to really understand the person that you're talking to. Do you have a way to filter through BS? What I mean about that is during an interview, people are going to tell you most of the time what you want to hear. And then is generally after six months that uh, I found from my experience, they find if that person is a real fit or not, because even for the first six months, they can fake it. They can fake it. They can be who they are not just to fit in. But after a while, then the bubble burst. Do you have, have you found an effective way to filter through that BS and getting to see upfront if that person is going to be a really good fit for the company or not? Yes, I like the question why. You know, when someone says this is A, B, and C, just say, well, why is that? You know, don't just take that for a response. Like, that's great. Oh, I want to be you know, uh, a, a top hairstylist. I want to be, you know, an educator. Oh, okay. Well, why is that? And if they can't answer those questions, that's a big red flag. And so that should tell you that they haven't, they are faking it or they haven't thought through their own answers. That's just, I think that open-ended why, well, why do you feel that way? Or why do you want that? Why do you, you know, just letting them talk and bury themselves and or prove themselves. You know, of course it's not foolproof, but I think that's a really great, I used to date someone in the FBI. And so <laughs> the interview interrogation stuff, you know, we'd always talk about that kind of stuff and why is just one of those great responses for almost anything that they um, say as a statement about themselves, what they want. That, that's really eye-opening. That's really eye-opening because uh, you can uh, use that question when every hire that you have, like, why, why is this, uh, why would you do this in this way? Actually, can you give us, can you give me some examples where the question why can be used in the most effective way? Let's say uh, role play like an interview. Yep. Give me an example where, or a few examples where that question why could uh, really give you those insights that you might not get otherwise. Right. So someone that mentions that they want to be in leadership, you know, they want to be in a managerial position. That is an excellent uh, place to ask why. Like, why would you, you know, why do you want that? Do you, do you like to mentor? You know, are you kind and giving and love to see other people succeed? Or are you a control freak, basically? <laughs> you know, you want to have everything... <laughs> <laughs> you you want to be able to dictate things for everyone. I think that's one of the biggest things, you know, people who want the leadership role. So uh, why do you, why would you like to be um, in leadership? Mm -hmm. Oh, so we are role playing. I need to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do that. Okay. Why do I want to be, a leadership? I want to be a leadership because uh, I, I just love the feeling that we are setting the direction in the, on the right track. That's what I love. To, that's why I love leadership so much. Um, I love bringing people together and I love making sure that we are all together going towards a goal and leadership is necessary for that. Excellent. So the direction, um, why do you feel that that's important? I feel that the direction, having the direction is important because otherwise people don't know where to go. If people are, if there is no directions and people are just left to their own device. So to get a strong company moving forward, we need to have a strong direction. Great answer. You're hired. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. I see, I see how it works. So then you can eventually go higher, go ask why and go deeper to each answer. Yep. Like, so until we get to the point where we can identify 
is this person right fit or not? Oh, I love it. I'm going, I have not used that. I'm going to use that now in my next interview process. I'm going to be like a five-year-old. Five year Why? Why is that? Why? Why? Right. Why? No, well, the specifics, right? The specifics are really great because if they're giving you specifics, there's a reason. You know, why do you feel direction is important in leadership? Mm. I love it. I love it. I want to talk about red flags now. Is there a way to <laughs> to see on spot some of the red flags from either the interview process or the pre-interview process that you have found are very effective? Oh, well, I think some of the easiest ones are, you know, lateness, tardiness is always a big red flag. Excuses. I think people who make excuses or if they're talking about, you know, their history or things that they'd like to do, the more excuses they make, I think that's the biggest red flag because people who make excuses are pretty much always going to make excuses unless they have some sort of life epiphany. Um, I think something that people have thought in the past were red flags like uh, resume, you know, resumes we don't use. Um, the resume is not as popular in the salon industry um, and some salon owners would like to see that. But I think that the, there's so much beyond the resume. And so I'd say scan the resume and really just ask those, you know, the, those quite like, well, like we said before, why did you leave that salon? You know, what could you see improving? And if they don't have answers for that, then that's, you know, that's, that's a great red flag. You know, when, in our software, when people respond to questions, um, when they're inconsistent with their answers, that to me is a big red flag because they have no idea what they want. They have no idea where they're going. And so that for us is big red flags. And so consistency is really, really important. And to look for those consistent responses in, in whatever you know, process you use to um, you know, interview people or take in that information. Hmm. So lateness, uh, how they answer questions, uh, if they are making excuses, that's a big one. Um, I want to add also like if they point fingers and they say, and then probably that goes in the category of excuses uh, where, mm -hmm. oh, this uh, happened and it was their fault and this happened and it was their fault and this happened and it was their fault. And it's like, huh, okay, never your fault. <laughs> really? <laughs> never? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> seen a pattern here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious to know more about your software because uh, you, you, you're doing something very different in particular in the recruitment uh, for Salon. So uh, t tell me more about how that works and how it's different. So we take a workplace assessment and the workplace assessment is um, very specific to the Salon Spa and Barber industry. And it details, you know, in, in our um, industry, there's a lot of variables, which not only go into, you know, what is a good fit, but just different personalities and different offerings on both sides. And so we've took, taken most of those variables and put them into an assessment. And so salon owners and applicants take the assessment and then they can repurpose their assessment to anyone. And so it doesn't have to be just one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we can do, you know, they can apply to anything. So it's almost like um, a digital resume that they can repurpose over and over. So like salon owners get links and that's how they take in applicants and then they compare to every single applicant. So it really does a variety of things, but it provides um, compatibility results. And so all our workplace assessment, all of our questions are calculated to um, produce a couple different reports. And so it lets them know, you know, on an overall score and then down to the nitty gritty where um, they are compatible and where they aren't. So, you know, when you do get to the interview, you can flesh those things out that are incompatible 
very, very quickly. And so you're not just, you know, like stabbing in the dark, like, well, where do we go from here? And so you know, even things like parking, which to a lot of people isn't important. It is actually in our industry, it is important because if you have clients maybe who are older, who don't want to be in a parking garage, they're used to like that lot or street parking. So just those little things that go into long-term compatibility, we sort of added them all up just so everybody's clear on where the other person stands. I love that because also it gives you a heads up in terms of one in the selection process. Yes. before you go to the interview. So you don't go into interviews uh, at interview level with uh, a lot of people that you know they're not going to be a good fit and could be found out pretty sooner. But also if there are a few things to iron out and to consider and to clarify, that also will give you in a snapshot what is that you need to clarify with that person. Maybe you think is a good fit, but you just yeah. need to clarify a few things. Um, that's That's really great because that also leads to the, my next question which is about attitudes and that's what you mentioned also in your assessment right w what are some of the attitudes that uh, someone can look for a business owner can look for long-term employability and for long-term fit because uh, plenty of people in particular i'm aware and that's my assumption in the in the beauty industry which is such a freelance based industry that turnover of staff it must be like a huge issue like one day they're working in your salon the next day they're poached by the next salon down next door uh, i used to work in the catering industry before starting my first business and managing restaurants i used to get poached every single time by other restaurant owners i and <laughs> i they used to i i this is the first time i share this in an interview but and my, one of my managers they used to call me a prostitute because, <laughs> <laughs> because if someone was offering me more money in a better workplace, I would just go there. And in the catering industry, you know, you don't even need to leave any notice. Like the contracts are so loose that you can yeah. say goodbye. I'm working there. So is that what happens also in the salon industry? Uh, yes, it does. There are no competes, you know, there are contracts in place in some places. And so it makes it more difficult to poach. But yeah, no, it is. And there's a real line of ethics there. <clears throat> so we have, you know, there's there's certain, um, I would say, salons and spas and barbershops who are more vulnerable to the poaching. You know, the corporations are the larger salons. And so it's not unheard of at all for other owners to come in and get their hair done. Oh, by the way, right. <laughs> by the way, I happen to own a salon that's a mile away and we're much better. So come work for us. Yeah. <laughs> I worked with more than 150 restaurants. I only sent my first CV and all the way to managing Michelin star restaurants. Every single time I never had to do an application. It was another owner that came to have dinner at that restaurant. Yep. And then, uh, they were, they liked my attitude and the way I was serving. And I was said, Hey, we are hiring. We got, and that's how I moved from Italy to London. Even I'm moving countries. Right. Wow. So talking about attitudes though, is there a way to find out from the get go, how, if that person is going to stay a bit longer term or the intention to stay long term, or they're just going to jump around. What, what's your thoughts on it? What are you, what is your view on that? Yeah, I think that there are certain ways, you know, it's it's really hard to say because I think people do come prepared if they have some sort of underlying um, 
playing in mind. But yeah, I think asking about, you know, where does it they need to be supported, I think is huge because if you don't offer that type of support um, and they're still interested and they already know that it's not really a fit as far as that's concerned. Um, that and, and possibly even, you know, some people, especially in our industry, the, the values on social media varies quite largely. And so finding out like is, so social media, I think people who um, like hairstylists who are really good with social media and who really like it are far more inclined to leave because then they know how to not only sustain their own business, um, but they know how to build business on their own. And so a lot of times that's viewed as, well, I don't need a salon owner. And so if they're coming and working for somebody and they're doing their own thing and they're really killing it a lot of time, not all the time, but a lot of time that means that they either are preparing themselves for independence or they are fully ready to walk out um, at any time. Not saying it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing at all, but that's just a typical scenario because that shows that demonstrates that they are able to, they're capable, right. Of, of being independent, running their own business and, or going to the next place seamlessly. Mm. You, you mentioned uh, in, in our conversation earlier, the importance of for companies to actually have and for organizations uh, to be active on social media for hiring. How does the content uh, I'm not talking about the, the odd post, hey, we are hiring. How does the content that a company puts out on social media impacts the hiring and the quality of people that are going to attract and the decisions that people are going to make? Well, I think most people, any business owner, and in particular the salon industry, they need to understand it, and many owners do understand that that's the first place people look. You know, prior to applying for you, they are seeing Instagram. Um, they're either going to TikTok or Facebook. Um, they're looking at your website. And so if they don't see something in the first couple seconds that draws them in, nine times out of 10, they're out. Um, and what I mean by drawing them in is, you know, an aesthetically pleasing website, one that works, you know, not a one page sort of like, you know, you know, Hey, you know, this is who we are. Just, you know, careers page. You've got to have pictures of your team, even pictures of yourself. They need to see who um, you are prior to interviewing with you. And that is a lot of times seeing your services, seeing, you know, who you are, what you're about and seeing who else works there. Because, you know, if you're looking at your potential teammates, it, you know, it's almost like interviewing friends. It's really important to see who works there and what type of work they're doing, um, as, especially in the salon industry. So I think social media assets are really important to be consistent with posting. It is a pain in the butt. I know all about it. I did my own social media up until about this time last year, and it was painful. Um, but, you know, making that effort and either hiring out for that if you don't want to do it or just consistently posting. You know, because if you see, I see a lot of um, businesses that haven't posted in a couple of years and then they'll post, oh, we're hiring. And they don't have applicants. There's a reason. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> no know? one is paying attention there. So. No. And they're not either. So that's, that says it all, right? They're not investing in that part of their business. And we live in a different world. Business is done differently. You know, you have to have those online assets. You have to have that presence not only for potential customers, but for potential hires, you know, whether it's on a local local level or a national level, you've got to have some good content out there. I think this is a big switch that uh, salon owners, but also others, small, any small business can make. You're not only doing content for your customers or potential customers, 
the content that you're doing is also for the for your team for the yeah. people that are going to be working with you for your current team and your future team members as well that's why as you mentioned the key to understand the difference is that now we live in a world where the first point of content happens online nine times out of ten the first point of contact, or if not the first, is going to be the second. So either is the first or the second. Maybe they find you offline, but then they're going to check you out online. So generally, the first or second point of contact is always online. And that's the key here to have a brand that where actually people, they want to be part of, that goes beyond, you know, here's my salary. Thank you very much. Yes. And then someone else comes with a bigger salary. Thank you very much. I'm taking the next job. Um. It's been a, it's been a really interesting conversation about uh, about hiring uh, because a lot of people get it wrong and it's not that we when we start a business you know it comes with a manual say this is how to hire most of the time you just start in getting interested about hiring after you get your first few scars after you get your first few scars that's when you start maybe I maybe I'm doing something wrong <laughs> taking responsibility of this. I want you to wrap up. I would love to wrap up with a with a piece of advice, those for those people that I'm sure it happens in the salon industry, but also in any other business, which is uh, the, their first hire or the first few hires, which often happens in your immediate network. Right? Even uh, uh, I'm assuming that even in the salon industry, you know, if you're ready to hire someone that helps you out in your team, you look at your friends and family, and then you ask around. And then the first person who is crazy enough to say yes, then you just get them on board and then pay the consequences later. Yeah. Uh, so do you have any piece of advice for people hiring their very first team members or they've already got into it? They've already hired someone who is a close friends or close family. Uh, I did that. And yes, I do have a piece of advice. It's not a great idea because they already see you, if you're hiring friends or family, they already see you in a certain light and they're gonna be much harder to direct unless they are financially invested in your business um, and or willing to be financially invested in the business. I, I do not recommend doing that because you're gonna have a much harder time with authority. Um, so I think, yeah, finding someone, maybe a friend of a friend is better. <laughs> That's sort of one off, you know, it's great to get referrals from family and friends, but but not hiring immediate family and friends, I think is, is pretty important. And that's really hard to avoid, especially restaurants, you know, family restaurants and salons where you have, you know, a sister that's a cosmetologist. And but but trying to avoid that, I think you're gonna you're gonna find that a hire that is not friends or family is gonna be far easier to far easier to direct and deal with long term, especially because you know they already kind of take you seriously. Whereas somebody that knows you, I, I mean I personally experienced that. I, I opened a salon with friends. <laughs> Still friends? Uh-uh. No. no, no friends. And <laughs> I, yeah, and and that's the, the other the other thing when we are doing things with friends and family, you know, it takes uh, just a moment for things to go sour, and the, the relationship and the communication needs to be so strong, and the level of awareness and and responsibility of each individual needs to be so strong that otherwise, then what you have to lose is actually the relationship with that person. Yes. The relationship with your family, the relationship with your friends. And uh, so if you don't want to risk that, ask for a referral. <laughs> ask for a referral. And I'm not saying that not all family and friend situation can't work. There are some situations in which it works. But the most important thing is that if we're going back to what we said at the beginning of the interview, 
is it to really treat even a friend or a family like a potential can be partner or employee and all only hire if you know 100% they are a good fit yes. because otherwise you have much more at risk they have much more to lose yes. um Suzanne it's been a, an incredible interview I loved what we shared definitely went through what to avoid what are some of the things to look out for what are the things to do so if someone wants to reach out to you, know more about your software. I know you also have a training program that helps uh, with the um, uh, that helps businesses hire correctly. So tell us a bit more about what you have as well. So we have well, we have many things, and so Enlighten Hire is a great software program for um, salon industry owners. It's like a business plugin, and so you know, like we we use scheduling software, appointment software, um, you know accounting software and it's really just another great business function and option for them which is super affordable um, but we work with licensed professionals as well we offer free matchmaking services and so if they're just unsure of where to go you know or really need that private professional help um, they can request matchmaking services once they register and you we have tons of free downloads for owners for licensed professionals schools and students all the way at the bottom of our website, uh, enlightenhire.com. It's called Freebie Page, so you can pick many things. And you can also find um, our recruiting course. So I teach a whole course on recruiting for salon owners where, where they just don't know where to start. And it's really an A to Z course. Like these are the online assets that you need to have in place. This is the type of posting you need to do. These are the things you need to say. These are the, these are the, this is what you need to do in order to recruit effectively. And that as well can be found at the bottom of our website. And so we just offer so many different resources and all with hiring and recruiting for our industry. And we are non-brand affiliated, so we do not give preferences. We, do, we don't, uh, yeah, we don't prioritize one person or the other. Everyone's equal in our eyes. And so we love to help everyone. And so anyone who really needs it, even just get the free download, got some interview questions that are must must ask interview questions for both sides of hiring, which I think is really important for everybody to have. Oh, which is enlightenhired.com. So enlightenhired.com. The link is in the show notes. Check it out. Check out all the resources. And whether you are listening and you own a salon in this case, or you know someone who actually owns a salon, that's where you can also share those links. And remember that those hiring principles that we shared, they're applied across the board. They can be relevant to any single business because business is business and people are people. <laughs> so there are just like the behavior and the situations are different, just the industry that changes. Uh, Susan, thank you again. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching. Thank you for listening to the show. If you are new and you have not subscribed, make sure you subscribe right now and also leave us a review, potentially five stars. A review are the lifeblood of every show. They are, they, they help us, they help the guests, they help the podcast and they help my ego. So I, <laughs> leave us a five star review. And until next time, always remember that together we grow exponentially. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. 
Also remember to download the expert business checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening. And until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.